So this morning we're thinking um, about harvest um, and I wonder what images you get in your mind when you think about harvest. I was fortunate to spend roughly 11 years of my childhood growing up on a farm and so when I think about harvest I think about combine harvesters and we've got some pictures here of things that this was normal for my life to see combine harvesters cutting the grain um, then you would have the balers that would go around and, and collect the straw the next one this, was, this is a bit posh compared to what I remember apparently this is a potato picker um, we used to know it as spud bashing um, but very much not like this um, so you would have you would stand on it and they, it would bring the potatoes up and then you would sort them um, and um, things like that so maybe potato picking down in the south sounds nicer um, um, uh, I would used to ride my dad's lorry collecting sugar beet and my dad always grew veg in the garden. So when it was Harvest Festival at school, I'd be given this large box of fresh vegetables to take into school, much to the amusement of my friends who, um, who wondered what on earth I was doing. Um, and, and at school or at church, we would sing the song, we plow the fields and scatter and we knew exactly what that meant but I wonder what harvest means for each one of us today and when I was thinking about what to speak on today having only realised afterwards that I had volunteered for harvest I thought well there's lots of stories that we could use the sower God feeding the people of Israel in the wilderness the feeding of the five and the four thousand. But as I went through each of them, I wasn't sure. And, the, and then I thought about a story in the Old Testament, in 1 Kings, which I think reveals a trust in God and a willingness to put somebody else's needs above their own, even though they themselves were in a difficult situation. It speaks of self-sacrifice, uh, for somebody else in need and I think it links to the ethos and the purpose of food bank to help and practically help those in need at this time. We've actually already had two sermons in and around this passage. Um, I think it was Florin spoke on the Elijah and the prophets of Baal and Jackie spoke about um, when Elijah ran from that situation and God comforted Elijah when he felt that he was all alone. So this is a passage around 1 Kings 17. I'm just going to read that to us. Sometime later the brook dried up because there had been no rain in the land. Then the word of the Lord came to him, to Elijah, go at once to Zarephath, in the region of Sidon and stay there. I have directed a widow there to supply you with food. 
So he went to Zarephath. When he came to the town gate, a widow was there gathering sticks. He called to her and asked, Would you bring me a little water in a jar so that I may have a drink? And as she was going to get it, he called, And bring me, please, a piece of bread. As sure as the Lord your God lives, she replied, I don't have any bread, only a handful of flour in a jar and a little olive oil in a jug. I'm gathering a few sticks to take home and to make a meal for myself and my son that we may eat it and die. Elijah said to her, don't be afraid. Go home and do as you have said, but first... Make a small loaf of bread for me from what you have and bring it to me and then make something for yourself and your son. For this is what the Lord, the God of Israel says, the jar of flour will not be used up and the jug of oil will not run dry until the day the Lord sends rain on the land. So she went away and did as Elijah had told her. So there was food every day for Elijah and for the woman and her family. For the jar of flour was not used up and the jug of oil did not run dry in keeping with the word the Lord spoken by Elijah. So Elijah was told at the start of the story to go to Zarephath. This was approximately 85 miles on public roads um, from where he'd, where he'd been before. He'd been in already sent um, by God. Um, he'd been um, told to go to the Cherith Ravine. Um, we'd seen earlier that Elijah had declared that there, were, there was going to be a drought throughout the land because of the people's disobedience to God. Ahab was king at this time. He'd gone away from God's ways. He'd married Jezebel and set up Asherah poles and temples to Baal. And Elijah was not, even though he was God's prophet, he was not immune to difficult situations. He had to trust God to provide for him. That drought had led to failure of crops and with the failure of crops there was no food and the people were in extreme difficulty. We've seen perhaps a little bit over this summer the effect of high heat, the lack of rain, the yellowing grass, hosepipe bands, but for us it was just a few weeks but this was ongoing. Elijah had been told to go to the Cherith Ravine, a place of safety, away from public eye, away from where he could be hunted down by Jezebel, who'd commanded that all the prophets should be killed. And there he was to drink from the brook, and God himself was going to provide food for him. And then he's told to move on. Once the brook dries up, he's told to move on to Zarephath, which, as I've said earlier, was 85 miles away on public roads, not where you'd want to be when you were being hunted down 
by Jezebel and her commanders to Zarephath, the hometown of Jezebel herself. Um, so you wouldn't imagine that that's the place where Elijah would naturally go. But he had to have faith in God, not only to keep him safe while he was travelling, but also to have faith that God would God, that what God said would come to pass. Yes, he'd experienced God's faithfulness before, but was God, God going to do what he said he was going to do now? Hebrews 11 verse 1 says, Faith is about having confidence in what we hope for and assurance about what we do not see. If Elijah had stayed where he was, he would have had no water or food. But if he went to, went to Zarephath, would he receive the water and the food he needed? And also, would he even make it to Zarephath? But Elijah was obedient and followed what God had said. And then the second person in this story, the widow. Women in the Old Testament were not thought of very highly, and widows even less. They had no means of income, they had no one to provide for them, and this widow felt that she had no hope at all. When we meet her at the beginning of the story, she's gathering a few sticks to make a fire to bake bread for herself and her son with the thought that that was going to be her last meal. What an absolutely horrible situation to be in itself, but then to have a stranger ask you to help them, to give them a drink of water and a piece of bread. She explains to Elijah that she doesn't actually have anything to share. Um, but then Elijah seems to make an even more selfish request. Go and do as you're going, um, but first make me a piece of Do something for me first. Um, let's think about this for a minute. She was at the end of her own resources and a total stranger was asking her for help before she did anything for herself and her son. How would you feel if this happened to you? Perhaps if we went out from church this morning and we didn't have very much, but then somebody asked us to help them first. As we've heard in the food bank um, video today, we hear of situations where parents are foregoing meals to feed their children and that seems totally wrong in the society that we're living in but here was totally uh, was a different request it was a request from a stranger not somebody that she knew not foregoing for her son but a stranger but the caveat of that sentence followed that if she did what he said the flour and the oil would not run out until rain came on the ground. But could she trust him, a total stranger, in a seemingly ridiculous, impossible situation? You might say that she had nothing to lose. 
as she was going to, as she felt that she was going to die anyway. But how can we say that? And how could she put a stranger over and above herself and her son? So just as Elijah had to trust God, the widow had to trust Elijah as well. She hadn't met him before. We don't know if she knew that he was a prophet. She hadn't experienced any promise like this before. And she was at the end of her own resources. She had to make bread for Elijah before she could make bread for herself. Not the other way round. Look after herself and her son first. And then Elijah, she had to make the loaf for Elijah first. But you know, so often, it's when we're at the end of our resources, that's when God is able to work. When we have something in hand, um, perhaps we don't have to trust God as much. When we're able to do things for ourselves, maybe we don't trust God as much as we should do. She had to have faith and she had to give sacrificially. However, the widow trusted in Elijah's words and had faith in something and someone unseen, and she gave sacrificially. And in doing so, the widow received back so much more because, as Elijah had said, the oil and the meal did not run out. So I wonder, what about... Me, what about us today? Are we willing to have faith in God? Are we willing to trust him when he asks us to do something? Are we willing to give sacrificially to another who's in need? Harvest time in the Bible was a celebration of God's goodness and faithfulness, but it was also a time of giving. It was not just to be a provision for the owner, it was to support the people that were struggling in their communities. God's instruction to the Israelites in harvest time was not to harvest the edges of the field or the gleanings of the harvest, but to leave that for the poor and the foreigner residing with you. We're called to be generous in our giving and providing for those that are less fortunate than ourselves. Isaiah said these words in Isaiah 57 verses 6 and 7. He said this, Is this not the kind of fasting I have chosen, to loose the chains of injustice and to untie the cords of the yoke, to set the oppressed free, and to break every yoke? Is it not to share your food with the hungry and provide the poor wanderer with shelter? When you see the naked, to clothe them and not to turn away from your own flesh and blood. So as we close this morning, let's think about, let's, let us trust God. Let's be available for God to use. Let's be faithful with the things that God has given us. Let's just pray. Father, we thank you for this story, the story of Elijah and the widow. Father, we thank you for 
Elijah's trust in you, that he followed what you asked him to do, that he went to Zarephath. And Father, things were just as you said they would be. The widow would meet him. And Father, we thank you for that widow, for the faith of that widow, to trust in something something unknown, in something unseen. Father, I pray that you'll help us to trust you, help us to have faith in you, but above all, help us to be able to see where there is a need and to be willing to be the answer to that need. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you, Mandy. There's a lot in that, wasn't there? Sometimes we are the answer to the prayer we're making. And uh, I think sometimes it's easy to pray, assuming God's going to call somebody else to do the work you're asking to be done. And uh, I think we have to have our ears open to hear that sometimes it's me he's telling to do something. If there's anything that has been said during this morning that you feel you want to pray with someone, don't go away without having done so. There's many of us who will pray with you, so please find someone to pray with if you need to explore things like that. And if you just if you need prayer in any way, don't go away needing prayer. Right, we're going to sing our final hymn now, if the group would like to join me. The story shows that uh, that Mandy brought just shows God's faithfulness. God is faithful. When he tells us something, he will be faithful. He will do as he said. Um, I think we've all had times when we've had promises. Um, and sometimes we have to wait for those promises to be fulfilled. I've got one in my life that God has promised me something that's still to happen, but I know he will. And uh, sometimes we have to be waiting, but he is faithful. He will provide. Let's stand and sing. Great is thy faithfulness.